Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Quest for New Inspiration. My name is Katie Mashler, and thank you so much for tuning in. It truly does mean the world to me. If you want to stay tuned for new episodes every Tuesday, make sure that you are subscribed or following on your favorite podcast platform. This week, I am so excited to share with you my episode with Coach Jamie. She is a mindset and transformation coach who specializes in focusing on being the strong friend or those who identify with being a workaholic. And I know there are people out there who are listening to this right now who identify as both of those. And I hope this episode inspires you as much as it inspires me. So my name is Coach Jamie. I am a mindset transformation coach, certified life coach, and NLP practitioner. So I specialize in one-on-one coaching for, I like to refer to as the workaholic and the strong friend. And then I do group coaching and then run in-person wellness retreats. And then last but not least, if you can't tell, I've got loads and loads of energy. (laughs) Yes, I can tell that. And if you can't tell it through audio, it's definitely through video. Um, But... um... What did you mean by like a strong friend? Great question. So I remember back this phrase had come out uh, probably about three or four years ago. Um, It was a big viral thing when mental health really started making its way to like the social media platform. And it was everywhere. You would see check on your strong friend. And I think that's great, right? Like, because it's like, oh, the strong friend always looks like they have it all together because they never share their weaknesses. They never ask for help. They always just look like they got it, right? So don't forget to check on the strong friend. Well, this all just resurfaced a couple months ago when Miss USA had uh, died of suicide. And it proved yet again why, why I fixate on the identity of the strong friend is I think it's very admirable that the mental health is coming more and more to awareness and people are talking about it, uh, specifically with the strong friend who has a very good way of masking behind that identity. But the problem about the strong friend is that unless they are in that space where they are about to completely lose it and break down, they're not going to share their problems with you because all of their worth is placed into what they do for other people. So they don't want to share their problems because of the fact that now people don't want to burden them because they know they have a lot going on. And if people are coming to them for help, it makes them feel even worse. Two, they don't want that to be held against them later. Or the third reason is because the strong friend has a way of downplaying anything and everything that happens in their life. And they will justify why you having a hole in your sock is a bigger deal than them having a hole in their roots, right? So that is why that's a very specific identity. Yeah, I love that little kind of niche that you have there. Um, Is there kind of a reason that you kind of centered your work around that? Are you a strong friend? Do you have strong friends that you need to take care of? Explain to me about that. Yes, you nailed it. Absolutely. It takes one to know one, as I would like to say. And I have I may be young, but I have uh, struggled with both of those identities myself, um, the workaholic and the strong friend. I actually developed a massive kidney infection when I was 25 and was on bed rest for an entire week. 
because of burnout, because of working too much and trying to act like I had it all together and refusing to ask for help and pretending that life was awesome when deep inside I was a miserable human being. So yeah, I, I think that that's a big part, but also because those those are the the driving forces in every household or within every group of friendship or within every office that you work at. So I think it's just very, very important that the strong friend knows that they have a space to go to where they can let that vulnerability out, but know that they don't have to lose that title of showing up as that strong dominant personality type. I love that. Do you kind of see that in like your everyday life, both in like both sides of that category? Or do you just, is it kind of just separated like a strong friend and then like work life? Because I kind of have like my business friends and then I have like my personal friends, do you kind of see that kind of, I guess, going across that bridge? More times than not, the strong friend also is the workaholic, but especially, that's a great question. Um, Definitely, if they, if, they, if they identify with the workaholic, they are the strong friend. But there are times that I have seen the strong friend that isn't necessarily the workaholic, if that makes sense. Um, For instance, like I have clients of mine who are stay-at-home moms. Um, or I have men, I, I work probably about 45% of my business is actually men. Um, and I have a lot of men who are the workaholics that are very, very, very just based off of all of my work is tied into my success, but they're not necessarily that friend that has to take care of everybody. Yeah. Okay. So it depends on gender and job title. <laughs> okay. So if you kind of know one of these people, what is kind of what's kind of your objective? Like, what do you do? Like, I see a lot of workaholics and I just want to tell them, be like, can you, like, I love you to death. I think it'd be so good for you to like, just put your phone down after seven o'clock or maybe not come back to work after 8 p.m. if you don't need to. Right, right. So, I mean, a lot of that is especially like, one one quick differentiator, I guess, because a lot of people will ask me is like, well, what's the difference between a coach and a therapist? And one, I believe just like we have good doctors, we have bad doctors. You know, we have good therapists, we have bad therapists, we have good friends, we have not so good friends, right? So, you know, but the, the a lot of times people have that stigma of if I have to go see a therapist, it means there's something wrong with me and I need this person to fix me. And the way that I view it is I'm like, listen, we're all imperfect people that are always going through adversity. We can't escape adversity. And so as a coach, yes, we're going to talk about why we don't feel like we're enough and maybe where this is stemmed from. But I don't see anybody as broken and it's not my job to fix you. It's my job to get the trenches with you and help you believe in yourself. And if we know that this is why this is happening, I'm here to help you develop a plan for what we're going to do about it. What are we going to change in our daily lives? What are some boundaries we are going to set? What are some really like, what are some of the lies that we're telling ourselves and how do we take that power away? So a lot of times, you know, you know, with me saying that the mindset transformation coach, I, my little cheesy phrase, if you will, is that I train brains and I shift perspectives. Just like if you want to be able to get stronger with doing pushups in the gym, you have to practice doing pushups every day, right? So that's how I view the brain. If you are so used to functioning that I don't know how to walk away from my phone because I'm worried that something's going to come through or I don't feel like I can leave work because I still have stuff I have to do. 
we have to we have to train that to to do something different. So we have to strengthen the muscle that that's not as big of a deal as you're making it out to be. Yes, that's a super cool thought. Okay, so with having to train other people's brains or even training your own, how do you keep kind of like a positive mindset or where do you find like motivation to keep doing it every single day? Fantastic, fantastic question. I'm a huge on being a product of the product. I don't believe that it's fair for me to tell other people that they need a coach, but all of a sudden I think I'm too good to need a coach. Even an Olympic athlete has a coach, right? So first and foremost is I have I have investments that I make in myself as far as coaching and things of that nature to keep me sharp and to be my blind spots to make sure that like if I'm having a rough day, they can help me like check me. Because especially with me being a mindset coach, I there's a whole lot that happens in here. And so I can justify pretty much anything and everything that I do. So I very much need that type of support system as well. But also, I, I think that it's important to show up the same in all areas of our lives. So I constantly am working through some really, really hard, like, you know, like always trying to work through the hard stuff and making myself better. So practicing to think more positively or making sure that I'm surrounding myself around the right people. Like I, I love reading books. I haven't even owned a TV in over three and a half years. I don't think like, I don't see the point. I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather learn and just be around positive people and do positive things and be up and moving. So exercising, like I'm big into CrossFit. That's a big uh, mental decompression for me. I'm super, super huge into my faith. So like Jesus is a must all day, every day for me. And then, like I said, investing in a coach, those are probably the top three that that I rely on to help me keep my ish together. (laughs) So I've had a bunch of life coaches or different variety of coaches. How would you go about kind of choosing the right coach for you? Right. You have epic questions. I love this. So especially there have been a lot, a lot of coaches that have been birthed throughout COVID. Um, because it's virtual. I've been through hard stuff. Let me show you how to do it too. Um, and I would never knock anybody on their journey and what they, they feel their purpose is to do. But I, I am so transparent. Like I require a discovery call for somebody before I would ever even consider working with them. I don't have it in me to manipulate somebody. We're a good fit or we're, or we're not. I'm a whole lot of energy already. If this is too intimidating for you, we're not going to be a good match because you're not going to trust me with your vulnerabilities or you're going to already be functioning from a space of guilt that I can't meet her expectations, right? So that I think very much what an individual needs to do is that they need to interview multiple coaches and go by like the person that they genuinely feel like they could trust. Um, I also think that no matter what personality type you are, you, ha- you do have to take into consideration like what type of um, feedback you do better with. I very much show up in tough love. I, I, I'm all about balance. I think we need water to survive and water can also kill us. So I will show up with, with love and empathy and encouragement and all of just the, the ooey gooey emotions, but I'm not afraid to kick your butt. Like I'll be like, "Mm, yeah, that's a no. Like let's fix that. Like you're getting in your own way. So let's stop. I personally, I would not be able to be with a coach who is just Oh, that's okay. Like you'll get it next time and just give yourself. No, like I need you to call me on my BS because otherwise I will manipulate you and walk all over you. And it's a waste of my time and money and, and your time. 
right? So what somebody really needs to do is just recognize somebody who is going to cause them to leave their comfort zone, but that that they actually trust and they resonate with. I think that is key. And so the way that you're going to best find a good fit, interview multiple coaches. Think about when you go to a job interview, just because you want the job after you get the interview, you equally get to say if you want to accept the job or not. So it's the same thing. That's such a good thought. I love that's kind of stumped me. I need to process that a little bit. <laughs> no, you're good. Okay. So do you have any kind of, I know you said that you don't watch TV or anything like that, but do you have any kind of inspirational books that you could share with us or maybe something of that nature? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I'm always reading like three books at once. Um, the number one book that changed my life probably about seven or eight years ago that I always, always highly recommend is The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. It's a very redundant read, but for me, like that book really, really did change my life because it, I mean, again, it's redundant, but it really asks you at the end of each chapter specific questions about you and your life and the habits that you have actually established already in your life. But it also shows you that many of these habits that we also create, you know, maybe we think we think simply of like, oh, what time I wake up every day or what type of food I'm eating or the habit of going to the gym. But there's those smaller ones that we don't really realize. And it takes even up to like a year before we acknowledge that this habit has been created. And And the reason why this book is also so powerful for me is because it's about five years after I read it. I was moving and I found my notes from when I read the book. And it was, I got to see everything he said literally be confirmed. Like I used to do a to-do list in the morning to start off my day. And now it's like on steroids, okay? Like my to-do list is like ridiculous, but I do it every single day. And it was all because as I was reading that book, I happened to start that habit. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. And now it's like, I can't, this is my anchor. I can't live without my morning and evening to-do list that I'm constantly writing out and checking off. So that is, I I could go on and on and on, but just for sake of time and everybody who's listening, that is, I will just at least brag up that book and say that that's an excellent book recommendation. I love it. I will definitely check that out. And I can really, I am a to-do list junkie. I recently lost my like notebook of all my to-do lists. I I like had like a t- couple tears. My boyfriend was like, just get another one. I was like, but- <laughs> you don't know what I wrote in there. It was what I wrote in there. It had like hear- categories of to-do lists, like, you know, different, like, yes. I don't know, sections of to-do lists. It was, yes. um, it was a good book, but I'm starting a new one. But you have shared so much great advice today. Do you have any last bit of advice to share with me? Not advice. I want to leave with like an inspirational thought. Um, so I had heard this in a message I was listening to a few months ago and it really, really stuck with me because it, I, I think it, it leaves room for a lot of encouragement. If you choose to take it this way, anyone and everyone at any given point in time is either going into a storm in a storm or coming out of the storm. So a couple of reasons why this is so impactful is because one, when you look over and you're, you catch yourself in comparisonitis mode when scrolling through the book of the face or the gram, right? (laughs) 
they're, they have their stormy seasons too. So even though it looks like they have the best life, they're struggling in ways that you don't even know. So from a comparison standpoint, there's that. But also the second point would be that if you're in a storm, knowing that at some point you're going to get out of it, that's a reassuring thing. The third one, and I think this is the most important reason. If we can know and expect that storms are going to come, we're not going to be a shock when they happen, right? Like, it's not like, oh my gosh, what? We just had a thunderstorm on Monday and now it's Thursday and it's stormy again. Well, no, because that's how the weather works, right? <laughs> it's going to happen. Like rain, thunder, snow, sunshine, it's all part of it. So it's like when we can give ourselves the grace and that capacity of knowing that like, okay, right now, Things are going really, really good, but I don't have to expect that it's always going to stay this way because something else is going to come along. And when that storm comes along, yeah, it might get nasty, but that's not going to last forever either. So that would be my last two that I want to leave with. Wow, that was perfect. Well, if anybody wants to learn more from you, maybe start some coaching or connect, where can they go? Uh, so my first and last name were difficult to, to spell. It's Jamie with no eyes. So it's J-A-Y-M-E. Um, but I am Jamie the coach on Instagram. Um, I'm also on Facebook and then I also have my website, jamiecharlottecoaching.com. Um, I always ask it for people go cyber shock me. I literally post every single morning at four o'clock in the morning. So there is motivation. There's tough love. There's tips every single day. And if there's ever anything that I can do, just feel free to send me a message on whatever platform. Okay. One last question. Cause you mentioned it. Uh, are you a four o'clock in the morning? Like every single day person? Me too. Yes. 4.03 AM to be exact. Yes. I love mornings. Mornings are my favorite. I'm a morning person and I definitely get some, some shade from my sisters and they're like, you are nutty. Like, why? Oh, like you, you have half your stuff knocked out before the yeah. rest of the world even wakes up. It, I'm most creative in the morning. Oh no, mornings are my jam. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today. That was amazing. Thank you. And that is it for this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in. It truly does mean the world to me. If you're feeling super generous and want to spread the word about this podcast, it really does make a difference. If you want to follow us on social media, follow us on Instagram at Quest for New Inspiration or on Twitter at New Inspiration Pod. I hope you guys have an amazing day.